Hello and welcome to the Jack Benny program from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Grape Nuts Flakes program coming to you from New York City and starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Dennis Day, Rochester, yours truly Don Wilson and our guest conductor, Abe Lyman. Habit? Habit? Who has a habit? Now, here's a funny thing. Why is it we're always hearing so much about bad habits? Yours and mine and the next-door neighbors. And still nobody has a kind word to say about good habits. Well, right now, I'm going to put in my two cents worth for a perfectly swell habit. The habit of starting your day off with that grand little eye-opener, crisp, tempty, toasty brown grape nuts flakes. Yes, sir. Once you make a habit of grape nuts flakes, once you sample that moldy, rich flavor and smack your lips over that crisp, toasty texture, you're certain to come back for more. Prove it. Tomorrow, just do this. Try a bowl full of appetite-making grape nuts flakes for breakfast. See if you don't find them so swell-tasting that a daily dish will become second nature to you. Yes, grape nuts flakes are a good habit. So why don't you make a daily habit of grape nuts flakes? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a little surprise for you. Jack wired us that owing to a slight delay coming up on the train from Norfolk, Virginia, he will be just a few minutes late. So while we're waiting for Jack, I'll turn the mic over to his very good friend, the famous star of Showtime, Georgie Jessel. Thank you, fellas. Hello again. This is Georgie Jessel, pinch-hitting for Benny. And I want to tell you folks that I'm very happy to be here tonight for two reasons. First, it's an honor and a pleasure to help Jack out. And second, I must get something for this. <laughs> and of course, Don, it's nice uh, working with you, too. Well, thank you, Georgie. I think we'll get along fine. Uh, by the way, Don, uh, Jack does expect to pay me for this. I mean, he won't take advantage of our friendship, will he? Oh, no, no, Georgie. Jack wouldn't do a thing like that. Why, I'm sure he'll compensate you for your work. Fine. Well, I hope it's with money. You see, um, see, Don, I've already got a hand-painted necktie. And I don't like the way Jack paints them anyway, you see? Now, wait a minute, Georgie. You're not really worried about Jack paying you for tonight, are you? Well, I'm not exactly worried, but I'd like to be on one program where I don't have to write in a pot for my lawyer. <laughs> well, what happened to Jack, and why is he so late? Well, Georgie, last week we played camps around Washington, D.C. and Virginia. Jack and Rochester missed the train at Norfolk. Missed the train? Yes, you see, Jack told Rochester to wake him up at 9 a.m., but Rochester overslept, and I imagine Jack was pretty burned up when he woke up. Hmm. <clears throat> imagine missing my own program. Listen, Rochester, there's no excuse for your oversleeping this morning. Especially after I gave you that alarm clock. Well, I was dreaming I was in the ring with Joe Lewis, and when the bell rang, I came out fighting. And what happened? You know, Mr. Lewis, he smacked me right back to sleep again. (laughs) 
Look, Rochester, I'm not interested in your dreams. You're always telling me yours, boss. Remember the night you dreamt you was a mother robin? Never, never mind. And you woke up sitting in your toupee? <laughs> On a billiard ball yet. Anyway, Rochester, this is the last time I'm going to take you on a trip east with me. The only time I see you is when you need money. We've been away from home two months. You spent more dough than I have. There ain't no record. <laughs> you spent plenty, and most of the time you lose it in a crap game. A crap game? Yes. Up in Harlem, we call it Ivory Stock Market. <laughs> I don't care what you call it. We'll talk about this later. Say, boss, who's taking your place on the program tonight? A fellow named Georgie Jessel. He's a great pal of mine. Mr. Jessel? I never seen him. What does he look like? Well, I'd say that Jessel was medium height, nice personality, and looks something like an anteater. <laughs> Although I doubt if he does. Say, is there, um, <laughs> is there a radio in this observation car? There, there's one right over by that lady. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, pardon me, madam. Do you mind if I tune in on the radio? I want to hear the Great Nuts Flakes program. Is that the show with Jack Benny on it? Yes. <laughs> good, good heaven, she jumped out the window. Oh, well, everybody can't like me. <laughs> Now, Rochester, tune in NBC. It's around 65 on the dial. Yes, sir. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the reason Toasty Brown Sweet is a Nut Grape Nuts Flakes and the big 12-ounce economy size package is America's fastest-growing flake cereal. That's it, Rochester. That's Don Wilson, all right. Once you sample the baldy-rich flavor, you'll certainly come back for more. That is very good, Don. I'm so excited I'm going to eat breakfast tomorrow for the first time in 30 years. Hangover or no hangover. <laughs> well, Don, how am I doing so far? Do you think I'm handling the program all right? Well, to tell you the truth, George, uh, and, and please don't repeat this to Jack. Oh, you can trust me, Don. I think you've given this program new life. Frankly, Jack belongs to the Yuck Yuck School of Humor. Oh. Yuck Yuck. Say, Georgie, you've known Jack a long while, haven't you? Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, Jack and I did an act together in Vaudeville. We were known as Myrtle, the dancing horse. <laughs> oh, did, uh, did you and Jack work in a horse costume? Oh, yes, and Jack did a great job, even though he had the worst end of it. <laughs> you know what I mean, Don? He, he couldn't look out at the audience and wink like I did, huh? <laughs> By the way, Don, where is Mary? Here I am. Hello, Georgie. Hello. There's, there's Miss Livingston. Doesn't she sound natural? Yeah. Brace yourself, boss. Here it comes. She better be careful what she says. Well, Mary, I guess you're anxious for Jack to get back. It'll seem rather strange working with me, won't it? No, I like to work with you, Georgie. You want to know something? Now, don't repeat this to Jack, Oh, will you? you can trust me. <laughs> well, believe me, it gets pretty tiresome week after week looking at that blank face of his. Looks like a pot of library paste. <laughs> Who ever saw a library pace with big blue eyes? <laughs> well, Mary, after all, I'm not so much to look at myself. But at least you're different. You smile and laugh once in a while. Jack never laughs. Well, my teeth don't slip out. 
That's a good one. Shut up, Roger. Now, you shut up, Roger. My teeth don't slip out. No, sir. You hold them in better than anybody. Quiet now. I want to hear this. Say, Mary, I'd like to ask you something, and believe me, you're the first one I'd mention this to. Uh, what do you think Jack's going to give me for taking his place on the program tonight? Well, first he'll come in and ask you how much you want. Yes. Then he'll offer you half of that. And if I won't take it? He'll pour a knife on you. Can you imagine that? Well, Mary, you can't be serious. My goodness, he isn't that tight. He isn't, eh? Listen, Georgie. Jack has been traveling around the East for eight weeks, and he's still got California air in his pocketbook. <laughs> Oh, he must have opened it up to let the moth see Radio City. <laughs> Rochester. He ain't no good at all. <laughs> Gee, I wish this train would get in. And George, do you want me to tell you something else? What is it? <laughs> well, Jack took me to the stork club the other night, and when the waiter brought the check... Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter? What, what are you laughing Well, Jack pulled his violin out of his vest and said, Go away, I work here. <laughs> That's a big tip. Well, Mary, you've given me a very vivid picture of what I'll have to go through when Jack comes in. Anyway, let's have a band number from Abe Lyman. And play something loud, Abe. My mother's listening in, and she hasn't got a radio. She just opens the window. Hit it, Abe, hit it. Look, Rochester, we're getting into the Penn Station. That's right. New York, New York, all out. Last one off the train is a pot of library page. Catch on. Grab those bags, Rochester. I want to rush over to the studio. Okay. I'll go right to my hotel and pack the trunk. Remember, we're leaving town tomorrow. Oh, Porter! Porter! Brazil, played by Abe Lyman and his band. And I must say, Abe, after hearing the boys, and I'm surprised the way Jack ran down your orchestra a couple of weeks ago. He shouldn't do that. Of course he shouldn't. My music is all right. Well, that I wouldn't say, but Jack should never mention it. <laughs> by the way, Abe, I don't know whether you know this or not, but I have been writing an autobiography. Autobiography. That means a story of my life. Thanks. Are you welcome? <laughs> In as much as we've been friends for years, I've got something in it about you. Now, is that okay? Yeah, but don't put nothing in about that dame in Cincinnati. Oh, don't worry, I won't. I'll simply mention that you're a bon vivant, a raconteur, an entrepreneur. Is that all right with you? Yeah, just leave out that dame in Cincinnati. Oh, I will, I will. 
You see, this book I'm writing is it's called So Help Me, and it ought to be out hey, any now, day. Now, wait a minute, Georgie. Here comes Dennis Day. Do you know him? No, not personally, no. Well, you'll like him, George. He's a great kid, although he's a little naive. Oh, you just leave Dennis to me. I'll handle him all right. I'll bet you a dollar he'll drive you nuts. All right, it's a bet. Here he is, Georgie. Dennis? Hello, Mr. Benny. Did you have a nice trip? Nice trip, Benny. What is this? Hey, hey Don, did Mr. Benny miss the train in Norfolk, Virginia? Now, oh, wait a minute, Dennis. It's Jessel. Jessel. Where's that? <laughs> well, I've lost 35 cents already. Now, listen, Dennis. I'm just taking Jack's place until he gets here. Jack who? Here's your dollar, Mary. Thanks. Hey, what's going on? Why, nothing, Dennis. I just bet Mary a dollar that you couldn't drive me nuts. She wins more money that way. Well, all I can say is this entire event looks good for a total loss to me, I'll tell you. Hello, fellas. Hello, Hello here I am. It's sure good to be back. And am I glad to see you, Jack. Believe me. Me too. I kind of miss you, old pal. So did I, Jack. Boy, am I tickled to see you. Oh, yes, yes, of course, certainly. I'm tight except for my teeth that slip out, and I got a face like a pot of library paste. Doesn't have to be in a pot. <laughs> well, there was a radio on the train. I heard every word you fellas said. I was fine loyalty talking behind my back. I didn't say anything about you, Mr. Benny. I know you didn't, Dennis. I just got here. <laughs> I know that, too. Well, hello, Georgie. How did you like taking my place tonight? I will know in a little while. <laughs> well, I appreciate your coming over and helping me out. It was a great display of friendship. Here it comes, Georgie. I'm ready. Now, look, Jack, we're very good friends, you know. But this is my business, the same as yours. I understand that now. But look, Georgie. Look nothing. You wired me to come here. I didn't expect to get paid. Well, take it easy, Georgie. I'll give you a check for whatever you think your time is worth. Now, uh, what do you want? Well, now, Jack, let me put it this way. If I don't sleep well tonight, it should be from happiness. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't beat around the bush, Georgie. How much do you want? I'll take $500. But if you put down that knife, we'll start at a thousand. I'll give you five hundred. Let's not argue about it. Now let's see. Where's my checkbook? Gosh, I don't think I. Here's a blank check, Mr. Benny. Thanks. Mm. <laughs> now let's see. If I'd only brought my fountain. Here's a fountain pen, Mr. Benny. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> well, I got the check and fountain pen. Might as well start writing. I may be wrong, but I think your hair just went a shade grayer. Quiet. February 17th, 1900 and... Now the amount. Now, wait a minute. This is 1943, Jack, not 45. Oh, oh, pardon me. Now, just a second. Pay to the order of... Say, how do you want this made out? George Jessel or Georgie Jessel? Just put down man, $500. <laughs> 
All right, here's your check. Well, now, thank you very much. Well, I guess I'll be running along now, and I'll see you tomorrow night at the banquet, Jack. Yeah. What banquet is that, Mr. Benny? Well, next Sunday's my birthday, and since we'll be in Toronto, some of my friends here in New York are throwing a little party for me tomorrow night. Who's going to be there, Georgie? All your pals on Broadway. Everybody, from Benny Rubin to Fred Allen. Fred Allen? Now, wait a minute. This is my birthday party, and I don't want Allen there. But, Jack, we need a crowd. We need everybody we can get to blow out the candles. <laughs> Cut that out. I'm not nearly as old as you are, Georgie, and you know it. Go on. I read in Newsweek magazine yesterday that you were 47 years old. 47? That's a misprint. You mean it should be 74? No. <laughs> I mean it should be 33, like I feel. All right, Alan. All right, Alan can come to the party. <laughs> I knew that would happen. I knew it. <laughs> I put commas there. <laughs> All right, comma. Alan can come to the party. Well, look at But I don't want him to make any speeches about me. Well, don't you worry, Jack, because I'm the only speaker at the table, comma. And I got my speech. <laughs> I have my speech all prepared. You have? What are you going to say? Well, something like this. Gentlemen... We are gathered here tonight to pay tribute to a man who, some odd years ago, was born in a log cabin near what is now the town of Waukegan, Illinois. Log cabin? There was great rejoicing in this frontier settlement. Frontier? And friendly Indians came from far and wide <laughs> to bring gifts of beads and moccasins to the first white child born in this wilderness. Now, wait a minute, Georgie. When I was born, Waukegan was a good-sized si good town. I'm only 33. All right, I'll say you're 33. Good. And to make that believable, I'll wear diapers. <laughs> I don't care what you wear. All right, thank you very much, Jack, and I'll see you tomorrow. So long, Georgie. So long, so long. I forgot something. Oh, Georgie, Georgie, wait a minute. I want to ask you something. What, what, what is it? Georgie, I hear you're writing a book with a lot of anecdotes about yourself and, and, and people in show business. Is that right? Yes, it is. Well, uh, does my name come up in it? Oh, sure, Jack. Several times. Well, look, uh, Georgie. Yeah? Uh, do me a favor, will you? Yeah. Don't mention that dame in Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, so long, Georgie. So long, comma, comma. <laughs> well, go ahead, Dennis. Let's have your song. Uh, what do you want to see Georgie about? I want to make his check a little higher, you know. Sing, kid. Sing, kid.
Mood sung by Dennis Day And very, very good, Dennis Thank you You know, Mr. Benny I think it was awfully nice Of Mr. Jessel To come over here And help you out tonight What do you mean, nice? You got $500 for it Well, for heaven's sake You don't expect Georgie To come over here And work for nothing, do you? Well, why not? He's a friend of mine Well, would you work On his show for nothing? Listen, Don I'm talking to Miss Livingston Well, would you? That's Don's question Think of your own I've got one Shut up now, look, uh, look, fellas, Georgie was here. He did a good job. He got paid, so let's forget about it. And now I have an announcement to make. Ladies and gentlemen, here is important information for all of you who have friends, relatives, or sweethearts in our armed forces abroad. If you want your letters to get overseas quickly and safely, use V-mail, which is dispatched by the most expeditious means. Expeditious? What's the idea of pulling those big words? Listen, Abe, expeditious isn't a big word. Anything over three letters is showing off. <laughs> Abe, I know you have a set of blocks, but some of them must be missing. There. <laughs> One leader I'd like to get that's been through third grade. <laughs> Let me finish this, will you, Abe? Huh? Would you go over and lay down someplace? Or lie down, excuse me. <laughs> among the... Among the advantages... Among the advantages of V-mail is the fact that it's the fastest of all wartime communications. But remember, folks, V-mail is not for domestic use. Only use it when you write right to the boys overseas. And our listeners in Canada should go to their local post office for information. Thank you very much. And fellas, uh, my gang, now speaking of Canada, you know we're all leaving for Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto next Tuesday night. How are you going to send us, by V-mail? No, we're going by train. And here's something else. Come in. Yes? Pardon me, I work for Mr. Jessel, and he sent me back here for his cane. Oh. My name is Joe Besser. Lesser? No, Besser! <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, Besser, I, I, I never get that right. Well, Mr. Besser, what does the cane look like? Something like Jessel, only taller. 
Oh, well, he must have left his cane in my dressing room. Now, look, Mr. Besser, my dressing room. You go out this door here, turn to your right. No, turn to your left. Then you walk down three steps till you get to the corridor. Then you turn to your right again. No, then take your next left. Shut up, not so fast! <laughs> oh, oh, pardon me. Well, just ask an usher, and he'll tell you where it is. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, say, Mr. Benny, I'm going to be at your banquet tomorrow night. Oh, my birthday party? Well, you know, Mr. Besser, next Sunday, I'll be 33 years old. You old crazy, you. <laughs> what does he mean, crazy? I feel like a kid. Now, getting back to our Canadian trip, fellas, when we get to Toronto next week, I want you all to be... I'll take it. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny, this is Rochester. Good. Uh, Rochester, did you pack my trunk? Yes, sir, and it's on its way to Toledo. <laughs> Toledo? We're going to Toronto. Toronto's in Ohio. Toledo's in Ohio. We're going to Ontario. I thought you said we were going to Canada. Look, Rochester, Toledo is in Ohio and Ontario is in Canada. And Toronto is in Ontario. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Boss, we sound like Abbott and Costello. <laughs> now, Rochester, concentrate. Here's what you do. Call up the express company here in New York. Tell them to call the express company in Toledo and have them send my trunks to Toronto. Not so fast! <laughs> Rochester, but this is the worst mess that I've ever been in. And I want Nowadays, everyone relies on breakfast for a flying start on the day. The man on the swing shift, the lad on the farm, the housewife, the youngster in school. But we're all taking on extra duties and we're all using up extra energy. So we all need a full share of nourishment, the kind you get in tempting grape nuts flakes. Because grape nuts flakes are a whole grain cereal. And thrifty, plentiful whole grain cereals provide the nutritional elements we all need, including protective minerals and vitamins. Yes, sir, in every delicious, multi-rich bowlful of toasty brown grape nuts flakes with milk, you get proteins, iron, calcium, phosphorus, and two of the health-building B vitamins, niacin and vitamin B1. You can very readily see why a daily breakfast with grape nuts flakes helps you to make up for other food shortages. 
So for a swell start on your working day, start your day with a big, luscious bowl full of delicious, nutritious grape nuts flakes. number of the 19th program in the new Grape Nuts Flake series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday night broadcasting from Toronto. And we'll be seeing you Canadian servicemen in Montreal Wednesday, in Ottawa Thursday, and Saturday night at Camp Borden, Ontario. Good night, folks. Jack Benny program is written by Bill Morrow and Ed Beloyd.